Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. So, when did you start seeing traction in the business? So, you had this uh, leader in this public company that was like, "We need you to start this company." And so, when was your first like big breakthrough? So, as far as this company goes, yeah. So we, the first breakthrough is the very first deal. <laughs> right? first I was deal. nervous about getting How long did that take, by the way? A long time. They take a while because uh, there's, wow. there's an extensive, not only are you developing a, uh, an apartment community, which in yeah. itself, the incubation periods for these types of communities, just not being affordable, right. are 24 to 36 months, right? Just mm-hmm. to get to the place where you might be able to put a shovel in there. Right. On top of all of that, we have these um, allocation processes. We have to go in for special allocation tax credits. If I don't have that allocation, right, I don't get to build the project because that's, that's the yeah. equity for the project. Right. And when I first started, um, which was 1994, so keep in mind the law changed to create the tax credits in 1986. Right. Right. And then it wasn't until 1993 that they made it permanent. So every year from 86 to 93, the government had to re-up and renew the, and say, okay, we're gonna do it for another year. Right. And do it for another year. Right. And so um, in 93 is when it became permanent. Right. And then, now a developer like ourselves, like myself, right, could say, okay, now I'm gonna invest, I'll, I'll invest money and time into this program knowing that the program's still gonna be there when I. If, I, if it takes me 24 months and it's not there, I just wasted a lot of time and money, right? Definitely, definitely. So that's what allowed us to really create a company mm-hmm. to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to create a company and we're going to dedicate resources to that company, right? And right. we're going to build this and, and be when did, an affordable housing developer. When did you actually feel like you actually had a real company? It was probably uh, five or six years after that. I really years. felt like you yeah. know, we had something. Okay, we're doing something here. Yeah, it, <laughs> it got, it got, we got to, we had pretty good success out of the box. And I think when we got to uh, 2000, well, I'll tell you the story. We started under Kaufman and Broad, right? And I built the company up inside of under KB's flag, call it. Mm. Um, great place to be, tremendous resources, connections, all of that, which helped a lot. Right. In 2000, that same chairman came back to me and said, Mike, I got some bad news and some good news for you. The bad news is we're gonna sell your company. I'm like, wait a minute, you can't do that, right? We, we just got started. He said, I know, but the street, meaning Wall Street, right, didn't want them in this business because they thought it was starting to take away their focus from their single family business. Interesting. So at that time, we had become, they had 16 divisions. 16 separate home building divisions in the company, 15 of them, and, and a mortgage company. 
and we were one of those, right? We were the highest internal rate of return, so rate on capital yeah. investment, mm -hmm. and the second highest bottom line profits of, of all of them. Wow. And so they used to try to hide us in um, an income line that was innocuous, right? right. Miscellaneous income yeah, yeah. is where they yeah. would try to hide our income. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it got a little bit too big and started getting the attention of the Wall Street people. Right? And they said, hey, well, you know what, what is this? What's going on over yeah. here? And they had to explain what, what we were in. Yeah. And uh, I think that the bottom line was, we want you to focus on single family homes more than multifamily housing. And we want you to get out of that business and get out of your business in Paris and get out of your lumber company and things like that. So they started wow. selling off all those. Uh -huh. I tried to buy it right then. I said, Bruce, I'm the likely buyer, right? So let me just, I'll raise the capital. And he said, Michael, I won't do that. Oh, man. And I, I, yeah, I was yeah. bummed, right? I yeah. said, why? And he said, because I really don't want to sit across the table from you and negotiate with you. Because he liked you too much. He was like, he did. Yeah. yeah. And he said, look, I, I will assure you that this will be worth your while, right? Because uh -huh. nobody's going to buy you unless they know you're going to stay. Right. And it, so it's got to be someone you like, right? Number one. And I'm sure that what's probably going to come with that is some ownership right. and a better package. Right. And I didn't trust that originally. I said, right. all right, I'll go down this path. It's hard. It's hard as an entrepreneur, like, Very, you know, right? it's, it, to, to give up some of that control. I mean, that's, that's every, every right entrepreneur there. goes that's through That's exactly. It. Who's yeah. in control of that? Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not really in control of it because I'm not selling the company. They are. Yeah, yeah. Right. So long story short is it worked out the way that he had uh Described it. Yeah. We had a company out after of, you. Looked, yeah, we had a company sure. in Denver that purchased the company named Simpson Housing. Mm -hmm. Don Simpson, longtime multifamily developer, wanted to get into affordable housing, and it worked out fantastic for us. It was a great relationship. Wow. Uh, we got to slow down a little bit because the the pressures of a public company are go 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 grow grow grow. Produce every quarter. Produce profit. And just yeah. get, yeah, just become yeah. a big machine. And, and we weren't, it's hard to do that in affordable housing because it's all, it's it, so you have relationship. To, you have to consider the, the, the citizens that are living in these places and right. you can't, it's not all, all about profit. So maybe right. that, I can see it how It isn't that, about profits. Yeah. That is exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and so that could be unattractive to Wall Street, especially. Yeah. So. It just didn't, it doesn't fit that yeah. way. Right. right. I mean, you can you can make you can earn fees, right, and therefore cover your overhead and make a little profit off of that, uh, things like that. But it's not like you know you're going to blow it out of the water, right. Um, so, we got purchased wow. by Simpson, 2000. We continued uh, the same business plan of developing primarily in California and some other outlying states. Most of the outlying states were with partnerships. Mm -hmm. other developers that were undercapitalized right. or were doing one or two deals a year and we thought if we could help them do three or four, then we'd grow our portfolio as well. We were very unique because we were the only developer of affordable housing that also negotiated the sale of our tax credits. Mm. So all the other developers would go right. contact a syndicator right. and there was a middleman yeah. that would you know, yeah. play, play the, I'm going to raise your capital credits, for yeah. you, sell the credits and put them in a partnership and okay. we'll manage the partnership and all that. Right. We did that all ourselves, wow. which, which meant now we have to have our own in-house asset management company as well. So that's how our, that's our company started That's why most people didn't want to go through syndication because they didn't want to have that separate department. 
That's that's one part of it, but another big part of it is that um, you're governed by the SEC because you're now raising capital. Right. And so there's ways to get around that, but you still have to be cognizant of due diligence and you know the requirements of you to disclose yeah. uh, everything that's going on, and you're bringing in, you know, the investors. By the way, are very very sophisticated. It's J.P. Morgan, it's Bank of America, it's Citibank, it's Wells Fargo, it's these big giant banks that they all started to get very smart. Same time we're gaining knowledge on this development front right. from '86 on, they're gaining knowledge on the in the investment front right. too. And so you have these partnerships where they're the investor, and we never did multi-investor partnerships mm -hmm. either. All the syndicators did. They go to five of those players and say. I'm going to create a $200 million fund, and I want each one of you to put in $50 million, and I'll get you the credits, right? Mm. We have one investor for every upper-tier partnership that we ever established. And we ended up with like 54 of those to feed all 300 of those lower-tier uh, projects. Wow. Okay. So how, did you, how did you nurture those relationships over time? Like. It seems like more work than the other way. It is. I think it's the other way. But. It is, but it, it's fun work. It's yeah. really fun to be able yeah. to sit down and say, mm -hmm. this is why we think we have a better mousetrap. Right. Right? And that's what yeah. the story was. In fact, nobody was selling anything guaranteed. It was, right. we think we can get you this yield. If we, if we get it started on time and we get it built on time and we lease it up on time, right. your yield for the investment you made in those credits at the end of the day will hit the mark, but they, they need to guarantee it. And so one of the things we did to separate ourselves from all the rest of the players is I told every single one of the investors, I said, look, I don't think it should be played that way. I think if I'm going to sell you something at a 7% yield, you should get a 7% yield. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I will make up that difference. So if, if if I built it slower, cost right. me more, I had to put more money in, whatever, and it would have been a 6.2 yield, right. I'm going to put my money in to make it a 7 for you, uh, and vice versa. If wow. I build and it you earlier, guaranteed that? You yeah, just paper. that one out of yeah. the box, right, yeah. out of the box, we did that. Wow. And that, that helped us really build a lot of uh, you know, great partnerships. What was like the, the most challenging time you had? Well, was there ever a time that you were like, maybe I'm not going yeah. to make it? 2008. Yeah. Economy goes down. Wow. Uh, I lose my investor in the company. That now, 2007, we're buying the company from Simpson. Right. I got the agreement done. Mm -hmm. Got the price settled. Right. We're ready to close. We uh, are bringing capital in from a partner who's about ready to go under now because 08 starts to hit. This thing rolls over as a you know a year contract, and we took out a loan for over a hundred million dollars to bridge the acquisition of the company. Wow. Right. And then all of a sudden one day I turn around and there was nobody sitting with me. And so now I had a whole nother problem. Wow. I got a big giant loan that's due in a year right. uh, to pay this company back. I'm trying to acquire the company still. And uh, I met a gentleman by the name of John Long who was with High Ridge. Huh. And as you know, today's name is High Ridge Costa. Right. And oh, described the business to him. He loved the business. He wasn't sure he wanted to get into something that had a bunch of strings tied to it. Oh, yeah. Right? He said, Mike, I'm, I'm not sure. sure about that, but <laughs> He's like, We're, we'll do something. <laughs> yeah. right. 
But um, the more that he spent time with us and understanding the portfolio and where the value was in the portfolio and what we had, the more he got into it. And so we flew to New York together mm -hmm. about every other week for three years. And by the end of 2011, we had closed a deal with Citibank and brought in um, a few other investors from high net families and, and got the whole deal put to bed. Wow. So we, we, we arranged a rather unique structure. Right. What we did is we said to the bank, look, I have in my entire career, so I've been doing this for almost 40 years, developing multifamily housing, have paid every single bank loan off. I've never shorted a bank. Wow. Is that common in the developer no. industry? No. Yeah. Not, I, I figured not for that, that long. Yeah. Everybody has problems in most At people. At some point, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want to be, I really wanted to try to hold that track record. So I said to them, Look, here's what I will do. There's a lot of cash flow that can come out of this company by way of its normal process. Right. But you got to let me do that, and I will send you the money, and I'll pay that whole $100 million plus down plus all of its interest. Was At that point, was it an easy sale because of your track record, or was it still? No, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy sale. Even with your track record? Because they were taking yeah. down everybody. You, yeah. remember, you can remember, I mean, there were a lot of people getting wiped out by banks and yeah. uh, you know, couldn't pay their debts. and, and Banks were getting wiped out. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. banks were borrowing money from the federal government, right, yeah. to stay alive. Yeah. yeah. But we were, we were very fortunate to get that done. And the best news of all of that is I just paid the last penny of that back at the end of last year oh, to the bank. They fully paid off. Wow. And they're ecstatic. Wow. Because they wrote it down to a third of that, right? Whatever it was, it was about Cause it was Yeah, because they weren't getting paid by anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, that, but that was a very, very difficult time because when it, when it started, to give you an idea, we had 30 properties that were in some stage of construction at that time. So they're still being funded. I can't imagine. And investors, and they're, they're all nervous. Yeah. And we got a company here, and we're trying to keep it, you know. So I entered into a, a management contract with the bank to say, look, while we try to figure this out, you got to let me run this company. Don't Don't... They hired um, a group called Alvarez and Mar Marsals. Uh -huh. They were the people that took over Lehman when, right. when they went down, right, 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 right. And their, their MO is we go in, stop everything, start selling off all the assets, and get as much as we can for the assets, and that's what the payment is back. And wow. I didn't want that to happen to our company. Yeah, I was fighting that, and I said, look, I will pay it back, and I'll show you how I can pay it back. I'll put the yeah. schedules together for you. And they finally said yes after three years of this negotiating three years. with what, the bank. What eventually got them to say yes? What eventually got them to go, yeah, okay, I believe, I that, be we believe that, you. God, Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. I mean, it, you yeah. know, we prayed every day. We, if if was, that didn't happen, would you have gone under? We'd have went under. The, the, I'm sure that what would have happened is they would have started Alvarez Marsals on the, on the front of selling off all of our interest in the various partnerships. Wow. And they would have sold them at pennies on the dollar. And, and it, it, <laughs> It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have been fun. What, what percentage of developers do you think didn't make happen what you made I happen? don't know. That's a very good yeah. question because we lost a lot of, on all fronts, right? right. Single family fronts, multifamily fronts, industrial, commercial, retail. A lot of companies went, went under or just closed up their doors and walked away. And do you think they'll, they'll ever come back to the Some of them world? do because they're Some resilient. Developers are very resilient. And, I think and they so, have short yeah. memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they get over it pretty quick. But uh, 
but you wanted to hold your track record. Very much so. Um, it was really important to me. Wow. It, and it served us well because we've come through that process. It's like, and in well, the midst of paying them back and all that, we've grown now. Right. I told you we have six new communities that we're working on in Hawaii alone. Wow. Yeah. We've got three or four here in California and about four or five in Texas right now. They're all developments in the works. Do you think there'll be something eventually worse than the 2008 recession? Do you feel like there could God, be something closer to a depression? I hope not. Yeah. But I will tell you this, um, we're prepared for that. Yeah, because right? you've survived you 2008. Well, 2008, then it was the 90, 90, Three you know, years. 89, 91, and yeah. then it was back in 70, uh, what was it, 81? Yeah. You know, that one. So, so I've like, been through four of them all different and all for different reasons, but we put the company, you know, Bob, my, my CFO, he had the hardest time because he was, he was a little more uncertain than I was. I was certain that we were gonna be able to make this work. I never, I never let go of that. Right. And he, he would come in just he'd about like, every hey, day. maybe we should uh, yeah, he'd like say, throw in the towel. How are we gonna get through this? Yeah. How is this gonna work? I, I, I can't see, the, and I'd have to sit down with him almost every day and say, Bob, we're gonna make it. Don't worry about this. We're gonna get through it. Yeah, trust me. I've been like things like it. that with like employees and my wife and stuff like that. <laughs> like, don't worry, we're gonna make it. It's all good. And it's like we're the you have to be certain because if you're not certain, it's like yeah, if you can't yeah. do it right, if you can't sell that completely, if you if you're not sold on it, yeah, if there's you no way they're gonna just be a little bit. Yeah, yeah, game over. Yeah, yeah, right? you game can't over. even flinch. Like, right, it's That's gotta exactly be like right. you know. But, uh, okay, so. That you, poor guy got pneumonia, was in the hospital. The stress just really, really, really took got a to toll him, huh? him. Yeah, he's still with us. He's been with me for 25 years. Right. And he, uh, he's a phenomenal CFO. And now 25 he's years, right, wow. Yeah, he's, we have five or six employees here that were started out with us. And they've been here 20 to 25 wow. years. The receptionist, was she here? Uh, she's been here a long time. I bet she's been here over 15 years. Wow. Yeah, the receptionist. Wow. And we have a very high percentage of people that have been here. Okay, so let's talk about that. Like, what do you attribute that to? You know, um, trying to create an atmosphere that, um, two, two, there's a number of, number of reasons. One, um, I try to make sure we're, we're enjoying what we're doing. We're having fun, right? right. It's challenging. Right, right. One of the most challenging things in real estate is to build affordable housing because we have five layers of financing on every deal. That's right. not easy to put together, right? No Designing way. and getting through NIMBYs, getting through neighborhoods I mean, that I don't want to. I thought my process was hard, but no, you got it. <laughs> So we have that. The other thing yeah. that we do often is we share the stories about what's, what's going on out there in the business. Right. So what I mean by that is you were asking about the awards earlier, and I tell this story a lot. Uh, when we build a community mm. and we have it all finished, we try to get it to about 50 to 60, 70% least before right. we have the grand opening ceremony. Right. So we have some residents there. Because the grand opening is all about thanking all of the people that came together. Right. That public-private partnership that we talk about a lot. You got all the city officials, you've got banks that, uh, this isn't their primary business, this right. affordable housing. Right. Right. You got investors, you got architects, engineers, and we're saying thank you to everybody and all the work that was put in to develop this community. Right, right. In the it takes clubhouse. a lot. It takes a lot, yeah. And almost every time I will get it when we finished, I, I finished speaking and giving the presentation and handing out awards and little, you know, yeah. plastic things to people, yeah. shovels or whatever. And I'll get a single mom 
they'll come up and say, um, it's harder because it chokes me up actually to say this. Um, but for your efforts, Mr. Costa, um, I was living in a car with my two kids. Wow. And I have a place now that is beautiful, and right. I get to call it home. Right. And my kids, more importantly now, can go to school and feel like they're, they have dignity. Right. right. And they're a part of right. what all the other yeah. kids have. Yeah. Because they didn't have that. And I would have never had that right. had this thing, you know, yeah. if it didn't get developed. It's amazing. When you hear that, right? Yeah. That's the kind of stories we share with the people here because there's nothing more that can, you know, it ain't yeah. about the money, yeah. right, when it comes down right. to it. Right. It's about that. Absolutely. You are making a difference in lives. Absolutely. And we try to track that, right? I can't remember the numbers, but uh, we're into the, you know, tens of thousands of families that we have changed their lives, right? Because right. of developing these Yeah, if, if providing that type of housing for, you know, for low-income families and and charge them way less is it's incredible definitely yeah it's we're proud of it yeah so you share those stories with people they want to be a part of that they really want to be a part of that right and so we've got great tenure here at the company it's it's amazing right and we Love have it. great benefit programs too because i believe in taking care of them so yeah uh, yeah it them, seems like you can't have employees for 25 years without considering them on a consistent basis has there ever been a time where you put them in front of yourself and your family has that ever been like an, an issue like have, has it ever been like we got to put the employees first because they yes th we have to yeah so when that 2008 period hit we're in the beginning of the you know just everything's going down yeah uh, we got low on cash and we didn't have enough to meet payroll and so uh, I went to my wife and I said, you know, I, I, I think I can see a way out of this. It's not going to be easy. There's a lot of value I, in the company. I've sold my, I, I, know, I know exactly what you're... you're and, I've sold my wife on stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too. So. And we got to write a check. You know, I gotta, I, these people got to get paid. They gotta, yeah. You know, yeah. And we're in a place where, you know, we could do that. But it, it's a big check. You know, it was, you know... So you have to have the conversation. Four thousand dollars or something. We yeah. had to give to the company. To, yeah. And then, so what I did at that time was, I wrote that check to make sure that they would, you know, have yeah. the that that pay a couple few couple of payrolls actually off of that. And then I went to my senior management team. Right. There's five of us, and I said, look, for us to get through this next period, the 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 bank, right, because mm -hmm. they're the ones kind of they were yeah. the puppet string right. player right they were saying well we think you need to just cut overhead like crazy because you're probably not going to be doing a lot of new stuff and right. and all that and i said we can't do that we're not going to do that right they said well you know the overhead's too high right so i went to my top six people and i said look we're all going to cut our salaries in half and we're going to take that half salary until we get this worked out if and when it gets worked out i will pay you everything we'll accrue it right and i will make sure you get paid and then what, what did they say? They banked on it. They said, Mike, we're with you. It was wow. great. It was great. Wow. They all said the same thing. Those are the type of people you want in your company. That's right. And you those want... Those are the type of people. Not only those people, but you want the rest of the company to know that those people are doing that for them. Yeah. That is what goes Builds miles. Builds culture. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it really paid off in wow. tenfold. Have you ever had a situation where you had a top executive or top employee that during hard times are like, I'm out? I did. I had one. 
and, and it wasn't person. really a, a, the hard times of the 08 era. What right. it was was we were going through that sale with Simpson. And that was a sale that Kaufman and Broad was selling us. And All so right. we went out to market. They hired a big New York-based investment group. And we had 30 bidders, you know, yeah. initially that, that signed right. letters of intent and made an offer. Yeah. And we narrowed it down and down to three. And this gentleman came to me and said, Mike, he says, I don't think I can take this because, you know, I, there's too much uncertainty for me. I don't know who we're going to end up with. I don't right. know where we're going to be. I don't know what yeah. we're going to be at the end of the day. And I would try to tell everybody, he said, look, write it out, right? Because we're going to be who we are. Yeah. Write it out. Let's get to the other side of that fence. And then you can figure out whether you right. don't want to be here or not. Yeah. And he said, I don't think I can go through it. Right. And so he basically was one of my top, he was right below my CFO. Right. And uh, he was one of our top controllers. And he wound up leaving. That's the only time I've ever had anybody leave under that kind of a wow. circumstance. Do you ever feel like they took a toll on you because you would always have to be the guy that was the strongest and you always had to say, you know, we're going to make it. You can't, you couldn't flinch like you talked about. Everybody's freaking out. All your executives are freaking out. All your employees are freaking out. Did <laughs> see the gray hair? I don't even have hair. So. <laughs> I, I always say that every time yeah. somebody asks that question. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, it, you know, it's like being the captain of a team that's having a, a losing right. record for a period of time. You, you know, you you cannot give up, right? You got to be positive every day. You got to let them know that your leader knows that we're, this is going to be okay at the end of the day. Sure. You have to. Got right? it. That's that's your job. And, uh, you know, I'm a believer, and so I did a lot of praying, and yeah. uh, I Me fell too. back on that quite a bit. Yeah. And so it, uh, it, 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 it worked. Do you mind if I ask you a little bit more personal questions? Sure. Okay, so, you know, you, you're traveling. There was a point in time where you were traveling every week to New York and all that. Did you ever have, like, I know I've had, you know, forgive me for saying this, but I've had my wife, you know, sometimes I work hard and she's like, you need to come, like, you need to come to work. Did your family ever go, you know, why aren't you here? Like, I, you're going to New York, why aren't you here with us? No, I, what I would try to yeah. do, believe it or not, is when I traveled to New York, it was usually for a one or two day period. They were mm -hmm. solid all day meetings, right? So I would get up and fly red eyes Right, so right. I would be home with the family mm. as much as I possibly could, and still be there. So I'd, I'd sacrifice my my next day at work here, right? Because you're wiped out after red eye, yeah. going yeah. either way. Right? Yeah. Getting there, it's it's all night, and right. now it's ready to start working. Right. So you fly red eye there. Yeah, you you couldn't even, you don't even go to the hotel, right? You go right to the office, the the law offices. Sometimes I'd find a a place in the rest in the uh, airport where they have those club things where you take a shower. Right. Shower and put my suit on because New York is all about suits. Right, right. right? And, yeah. and I go to those meetings. <laughs> true. And I get done and I, I take a red eye back, back here. Yeah. And that way, you know, I, I can try to say to my wife and my family, I'm trying to minimize because otherwise you're there for four days. Right. And wow. uh, I, that's what I try to do. I, I still do that to this day. So... I think in this modern age, I, I disagree with this completely, by the way. Like, I kind of, I'm like you. I'm like, I, you know, that's how I, like, want to run my company. When I grow to, like, the level you are, that's, you know, how I want to be with my company. But, 
you know, there was an era, there was a time when like, you know, people looked at Steve Jobs and they were like, Steve Jobs is the example, right? right, Of like how to become successful. And he wasn't always the greatest to people, you know? And, and so what would you say to somebody that's like, well, Steve Jobs is successful. Like, why shouldn't I be like Steve Jobs? Well, I would hope that we can point to examples of people that are as successful that can do both. They can be there for their family, be there. Right. Look, I, I have a 23-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And I have coached all three of them in sports. That's awesome. And you got to be there because you have a practice every week yeah. and at least one game a week. Right. right. In addition to that, they all played, they're playing high school, they right. played or they're playing right. high school sports. I don't want to miss a game. Right. I, I do not want to miss a game. Right. So even my my travel planning, I would plan it around the days wow. that... They had a basketball game or a volleyball game or a soccer game or yeah. whatever it is. Did you ever and time have a time when like you were in the middle of a deal and you're like, no, nah, I actually gotta make it to practice? <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah. And you know what? I will tell you something that's interesting about that, especially, is that everybody on my management team, they know what's important to me. Right. Because I would say, I'm going to this game, sorry, I gotta, gotta, gotta leave here at two o'clock. Wow. I'm like, we got this thing. I'll be in here tomorrow morning, first thing. We can we can pick it up then, and we'll get right. it done on time. Right. Wow. So, you know, and I have friends, right? You have friends that are in business that are not like that. Uh-huh. That, that that will it's all about business. Right. And they spend too much time at the office. They spend too much time traveling, and it they gives, don't they it, don't give the family the yeah, time can, that. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can take over if you don't yeah. control it. You know, and it, 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 you know, it can be especially today. Right. Video conferencing is so easy, right? Right. You can have meetings virtually as if you're in the same room. Yeah, there's no excuse at this point. We yeah. do that a lot with our Hawaii deals, right? Because we're you know in big planning stages. We got architect in Orange County, and we got uh, you know land seller, which is a school district. We're working with right. the largest school district in Hawaii, Kamehameha, to develop some of their land. Sure. Well, they want to be a part of every meeting, and so we do video conferencing to to make sure we don't. Because, you know, that's a five-hour flight. Yeah. Right? And that yeah. does the same thing. It takes you away from the family yeah. thing. So that to the extent we can do it, when we go over there, we go over there, we get there, you know, we take an early flight out, get there about noon, and then we have meetings right away. Right. Then we have a dinner with somebody there. Right. We wake up the next morning. We have three or four meetings that day. Right. And then we're out the next day or that night. Wow. Right? And then when we're not there, we try to do the video conferencing in between to try to not have to travel that much. So. Yeah. Who, who do you look up to in the business world? Like, well, that's a good question. Steve, I've Steve had Jobs. so many great people that, uh, that you know, aren't that famous that I've been fortunate and yeah. lucky enough to have as, as mentors. Um, I work for a guy named John Husky who's in my business, and we were a partner in the first company that I started. We did that one deal that I mentioned in Claremont. And um, he, he taught me the business. Literally, he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. I got to work for a guy named Gary Davidson down in Orange County, and he started uh, American Retirement Villas, which is an assisted living company. Mm. And I went in, and we partnered up on development, and then uh, I, I helped him run his company. He actually asked me if I would come in and be the president of his company. Gary was very unique. So John, the first guy that I worked with, was very detail-oriented. When he, when he negotiated a deal... He would renegotiate it and renegotiate it and renegotiate it, yeah, and he, he couldn't stop, right? It, yeah. Gary Davidson was a guy who started the 
National Hockey League, the ABA, wow. and, the, and the first um, football league outside of the NFL, right. right? He started all of three of those. Right. And he's a guy who could do a deal on the back of an envelope like that. Really? And when I, when I made a deal with him to join companies, literally at lunch, John Husky was with me. We literally were sitting there, and he wrote out the terms on a napkin at the table and said, uh, are we okay with this? And we all said yes, and the deal was done. <laughs> That's awesome. So I learned, you know, how to do that from him, and he was a great, you know, just obviously someone who started that many. Yeah, be decisive. Yeah, be exactly. Clax comes in, they're going to do a four-minute, literally a four-minute TV piece. Uh huh. Four minutes. Yeah. Okay. How long were we in there interviewing? Probably about close to three hours. I'd say two and a half. Whoa. Three. Straight, constant. Wow. <laughs> On Fox. Yeah, answering questions. Yeah. And, and, and the thing. Like four minutes. minutes. And plus, we went in the field with their crews to about yeah. three other locations. Yeah, B stuff they want to put in there too. Yeah. So, that was crazy. So, yeah, I just. Yeah, modern age media is just a lot more powerful these days, I think. I think so. Um, like, for example, you do a podcast, people are listening to you for like an hour and a half or like an hour in the, in, in, you know, if you guys listen while to they're them, driving or while they're driving, while they're, you know, on their way to work, they, it becomes to to a habit, or it right. becomes, it becomes part of their life. Except in the corner of the computer while yeah. doing 10 other things. Yeah, exactly. Nobody remembers. I don't. I don't know how many people remember like when a specific show is on on, on TV on, on radio. Um, I mean, I maybe one or two. Do you, do you have shows that you listen to on the radio? Not that often. My, my wife does. She's got a lot. Yeah, Prager and you know people yeah. like that. She oh, likes. yeah, yeah, Prager. Yeah, Prager's good. Great. And but but yeah, like people know like Joe Rogan, for example. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so talk about your son here. He is t she's trying to tell you to get on to these other mediums. I'm sure I can, I can tell. Like, I can tell just like when, when I see him nodding his head. You know? <laughs> he's so, totally in tune with you. He, he's, he's right where you are, actually. Why do you think you're not in tune with it? Well, it's not that I'm yeah. not. The good news is I don't go in saying no. Uh -huh. Right? I, I kind of go along. I just kind of go along with it. But uh, I'm, it's not like... The forefront, right? Because yeah. my medium, when I came up, it was about getting into the magazines, getting into the news, getting into right. articles, getting into that. Which that is was which, the which place. is dying, by the way. Right. Just, <laughs> just being practically it's, dead, it's, right? It's dying. Well, it's not uh -huh. dead. It's all migrated online. So. It, it's dying. Like cold calling isn't dead. I still make cold calls right? uh -huh. every day. We make cold calls you know, still to alive. help to survive. The, co the, help the company survive, but. Like it's dying. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's dead. Uh -huh. You know, it's definitely dying. You know, we have a, a you know presence on on LinkedIn. But anyways, uh, it's always interests me. You know, but yeah, you should definitely. You know, yeah, we are. We're listening. We, he, he has full reign, so he's that. There are no barriers. Yeah, and he's done a lot for the company actually. Because my director of development is uh, a good ten to fifteen years younger than I am. Uh huh. So he's much closer to it. Right. And when he talks to him, he's like all in. Right. And, and the same thing, we have an IT guy that kind of wants to dabble in this yeah. area too. And that, yeah. between the three of them, they're all in. They're connected. They know and Dan too on. was telling me too. He's like, we and need then, to be more on LinkedIn. Yeah. And then this guy here, yeah. Yeah. He's helping them too. I also got the white hair experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, cool. So, all right. So, any other things that you want to talk about? 
we're, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, conclude this in just a bit because yeah. I know people, you know, I'm sure you guys want to just... No, I'm just following your lead. Okay. I'll give you one more mentor and then I'll, I'll cut that part off. Sure. So tell me about this other mentor. So the third mentor that I had was actually the gentleman that uh, helped me create the company when I was at Kaufman Road, which is uh, Bruce Terrence. Uh -huh. And what I learned from him is I can remember sitting in, he had incredible vision, his vision. And he was always out there looking for where should we move, where should we go, which market should we go into, what products. He just had incredible vision. And I can remember sitting in president's meetings where he had all the division presidents of Kaufman and Broad, and I was fortunate yeah. to be there, right? right. They were really sharp, top-notch industry right. guys. All of them went on, by the way, to run other public home companies, almost right. all of them. Wow. And so very, you know, all A personality, you know, type guys. A. But I watched Bruce manage all these guys, right? Type I, A guys. I remember sitting in the yeah. room and thinking to myself, I don't think I could ever do that. I mean, I, I don't know, how, how do you get to that place where you can, like, be the guy that yeah. has to make those kind of decisions, you know. But you're 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 a Type A guy. Have you worked your executives? Are they Type A people as well? Most of them. Most yeah, of them. my director of development clearly so you do is have Type experience. A. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so uh, you know what what it's funny because one day you wake up and you realize that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You're actually you're actually have gotten to a place where you're doing it. Right. And I and I I always reflect back on the way that Bruce approached us and talk to us and things like that and try to pull from that because I learned from him, right? Mm -hmm. I watched him. He was no different than you or I, right? in essence, right? right he was just right. another guy and, uh, and I didn't think it was that simple. <laughs> I thought it was harder than that. Right. But, uh, so essentially you had like a bunch of chiefs and no Indians and he would be able to manage all of their, their egos. That's a tough and... thing to manage, right? Can you imagine? It's very, extremely tough. I mean, yeah. it, it, often when he would say, this is where we're going to go next, three or four of them would say, that ain't going to work. That's oh, not going to work. Are you kidding? Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> they have yeah. their own ideas. But I watched him manage that. And he said, look, give this a try. Give this a shot. He'd take those aside, have a separate conversation with them and try to get them on. Right. You know, this, we're, we're going to move down this path. We're going to try this. Mm -hmm. And almost every time he made a decision, it was the right decision. Almost that company every time. just it grew every single time. So he then went people down he, he he built like a reputation where exactly. at some point people were like, Yeah, we should probably listen. Even yeah. though we don't we disagree in the moment. You know, he has exactly. a great, he has a great track record. Yeah. And that's how you did you learn uh, you know, creating a great track record from, from that? Yes. I track yeah. record was vitally important. Right. Vitally important from day one. And having a track record where I can say this today, you know, I've never, never, I paid back every single loan, right? Number one. Are you a punctual person too? I am. I, I don't want to be late anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. I don't, I personally don't like being late either because it makes you feel bad. Yeah. And I think I wasn't always like that too. Well, so that's other people's thing. time. If you, if, if I'm late, yeah. if you and I have an appointment and I'm late, uh, I'm wasting your time. That's right. your time right, that right. I'm wasting. Right, right. That's not right. right. Yeah. That's time is the most precious right? thing. So it's like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, and would you say like, you know, you're a man of your word, like no matter what, I'm going to make this happen. If I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to make this happen. Not only do I believe in that wholeheartedly, right. um, I preach that around this company. So if I brought my director of development in here right now and said, 
to, and asked you for him to describe to you how we operate here, I told them several times this happened. A lot of people will go by the written rule or the right. written agreement yeah. that you have between you. Right. And I told everybody in this company that came up that got into the place where they got to, to negotiate agreements. I said, your word is going to mean as much as whatever you wrote on that piece of paper. Right. So don't think that right. it's just that piece of paper. Because if they come back and say, wait a minute, this didn't yeah. get in the agreement, but remember you said you would do this for me, we're going to honor that. And, and at first, I had people that I brought into the company that said, you're crazy, you don't have to do that, right? Because right. you, you only have to honor what's in writing. I said, we're not going to do that. Right. Our integrity is going to be at a level where whatever we say we're going to do, yeah. we're going to follow through and do it. Did you instill that in, in your children? I, I, I didn't understand that for the longest time. Um, I started to later on. Um, but did, did you instill that in, in your children? Did you see that they were doing that from an early age or like not to make things awkward or anything? I don't know. That's a good, that's a, yeah. that's a good question. Uh, you know, I think that um, I am a leader uh, right. by action more than I am by words. Right. And so they, they see, they, I want them they to see me did, yeah. Yeah, and how I act, how I treat other people, how I treat people in, in everyday life or True. business or whatever. Yeah. And hopefully they will learn from that. I I don't specifically sit down and say, this yeah. is how you should do this and this is how you yeah. should do it. I probably do that. Yeah. Not consciously or unconsciously almost right. It's not. But uh, I really try to be one somebody that uh, teaches more by, by action. Follow me. Follow how I do it. Yeah. It comes from sports. Yeah. You know? So d during tough times when you are making all these promises, did you think that you were going to fulfill on those promises? Or yes. You, you, you I, thought you I believed in it. If I didn't believe, truly believe you wouldn't, you wouldn't that I could it. do that, right? I could, I could get us there. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell a story or lie. There's no way. I couldn't really? do that. Wow. Just for the sake of having them stay here, I couldn't do that. So there, there was a possibility at that point that you may have been delusional at that point. Maybe. I don't Maybe, know. but you just didn't, you didn't, you never, you, you'll never know. No, if, if somebody yeah. actually came to me and you they had a real concern point. about yeah. it, right, I would say I'd give them a percentage. But, wow. I, but it was always going to be better than 50%. Uh -huh. Or I was going to tell them, what's, you know, we're going to, you know, we'll change. We have to do something else. Right. Um, okay, so was, was there ever, did you ever have an employee that was toxic to the culture and you had to yes. let go of that, of yes. that employee? Okay. Tell me about that. Well, so we had an employee here that um, started to believe that he was bigger than what he was. And that, uh, and he, he ran a, a separate department here in the company, right? One of five or six departments. He was uh, a level below me. And this particular individual started thinking that it was more about him than about and that what he was doing yeah. that made the company. Right. Right. And would start to say things like, you know, someday, uh, or, you know, when they decide to get rid of Mike, this is the board of directors, right? right? If they ever decide to get the board of Mike, I'm sure they're going to appoint me to run the company. So he would start saying that to And that everyone. was delusional. Yeah. Because he wasn't even third in line behind me. We had three or four other people here that had been here longer, more experience, had a wider range of, yeah. of uh, responsibility, and would have done a much better job, and they would have been picked easily. But yeah. 
But that happened and it got out of hand. It actually got to a place where it was disruptive, right? Yeah. And so uh, I knew that he would be successful outside of the company because he was smart. Yeah. He was smart. Smart guy. But there was a lot of things that he really needed to learn on his own. He needed it. Right? He needed to get dose of humility. knocked down a few times. Yeah, yeah. And he did. And by the way, today he's very successful. He's the owner of a business that a syndication uh, business oh, in the nice. in our industry and doing very, very well. He's always a smart guy. I yeah. liked him a lot, but he got a little off. Well, that's most important, right? Is that how you deal with other people, right? Yeah, that's and, right. you know, I think what, what I've learned is like, I've learned this from, yeah, I don't know if you guys are Gary Vaynerchuk fans. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, no? No? Okay, awesome. <laughs> I love Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> but what I, what I first heard from him was like, if you have somebody toxic in your culture, it actually stunts business growth because speed is everything. And when people are, are not comfortable, you know, bringing things up because there's another person in the room that may cause conflict, then that slows everything down and it permeates throughout the entire company and it actually stunts business growth. Would you, would you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And, and I'll, I'll tell you one of my policies here is that if one of my managers, and I had like nine direct reports, I cut, I've tried to cut that back because I just created two CEOs of right. smaller groups to try to take over some of that so I can slow down just a little bit, right? But if anybody ever comes into my office and they start to complain about something in the company and they say, you know, so-and-so over in Department Y, I'm just... I, I don't know why they're doing this, but they're, they're, they're slowing us all yeah. down. They got the wrong idea. They're... I would say to them, I hear you. You go down to Department Y's office, shut the door, and work it out. You work it out. That noise doesn't come up here and get go off in some way that's going you think is going to benefit you. It's not. Those things can be worked out, and you need to work out. So every one of my department heads know this. Now, they don't come to me. You don't come to me with those issues. You go deal with it head on right. with that person you're having a problem with right. and work it out. We had an issue between what we call project management, the guys running the deals every day, the right. real owners of every deal, right. and our asset management group because the asset management group would put together the projected rents mm -hmm. and the operating expenses. Mm -hmm. And if those numbers weren't right, their pro forma didn't work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they would, so I get them screaming and yelling at me about, they don't have the right rents, they're not looking at this right, the operating expenses are too high. Yeah. And they would say, these guys, all they want to do is push their development forward and they don't understand that, you know, we're the ones held responsible for this. Yeah. So I put them in a room and I said, I put the head of asset management in the room and the head of project management in the room over there and I'd say, stay here and don't leave this room until you get this worked out on that project. Mm -hmm. And I would shut the door. And I'm telling you, they fight, fight like cats and dogs. Right. Until you let them fight it out. Until they yeah. came to a place that they both said, "Okay." Because otherwise, then they would start gossiping. They That's would right. start like because they have to get their 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 emotions out somehow, right? And so they, the the opposite would have happened. They would they would not figure something out. People would start taking sides, and then you have you know, every stunt everybody's growth or the company's growth and so yeah, that's right yeah you're on the same team right you're on the same team 
Right. You should be able to work this so, out. So let me you can't ask you, go down down life and have this divide between you forever, right? Right, right, right. right. Will work. So, so I put you in a. So we put you put yourself in a great light. What are your your biggest weaknesses? Would you say? Oh boy, that's a tough one, man. I have, I, I do have some weaknesses. I, I have weaknesses. I'm, I'm okay. No I'm okay. I'm uncomfortable with my weaknesses. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, boy, I wish I would, I would have been able to think about this a, a little more because I do have weaknesses that I work on. I try to work on it as often as I can. But um, I don't know. I got to think about that for a second here. That's a good question. Do you want me to start with my weaknesses Yeah, first? I want you to start okay. with yours. Maybe, maybe I have maybe some we'll, of yours. Maybe we'll light it again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm the type of guy, your second mentor, I like to make things happen fast. I don't like to wait on things. Even when it comes to purchasing things, when it comes to closing deal, whatever it, whatever it is, I like to make it so, but, I, but that could sometimes hinder my uh, my the details that, that are required and uh-huh. specific deals. So I know that's like a weakness of mine. Um, I also know that being told what to do is a weakness of mine. I don't like to be told what to do by anyone. And so sometimes it comes off as arrogant and sometimes like I don't see what's reality, you know? And so, so I, I know that about myself, but at least I acknowledge it. Some people don't know that, but like, I I know that like, if somebody's telling me reality, sometimes I'll be so arrogant. I'll just be like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's those are my weaknesses. Detail, detail orientation, and sometimes not being open to harsh criticism. I think that's, I think a weak, whenever I'm open to harsh criticism is when I grow the most. Uh-huh. But when I'm uh, not open to harsh sense. criticism, I'm, I'm like this. The same problem keeps occurring. But then when I get the harsh criticism, I think the way I think is like be able to take harsh criticism, but don't dish it out. That's the way I see it. Like, sure. what, what are your thoughts? Sure. So I, I am one of those, I don't like to be told what to do. Now, I've, I've worked on that quite a bit myself because I, yeah. I don't want my, especially my direct reports, uh-huh. right, to think that I'm, I don't have the ability to change or be open. Right. And that's hard. It's hard because when you really think you're right, you know this, you really think you're right, right? right? And, and I go to great lengths now to not just sit there and say, this is what you're going to do. We're doing this. Right. I don't care what you think. We're doing this. I can't say that. Mm-hmm. I've learned. I've got my place. I got myself to a place finally where I can't say that. I say, "Look, we're going to talk about this. We need to figure it out. We all got to get on the same page, and we got to make sure that we're all comfortable with this." Right. So I have worked on that, but I do have a problem with that. One of the, one of my other weaknesses is is that I don't call my friends back when I should, mm-hmm. and I don't know why or how that has developed, but I've developed that over time because I'm. I'm as accessible as I possibly can be here, right? I have open door policy. But your friends. But my friends will call and I won't get back to them for, when I should call them right away, I don't get back to them for a couple of days, right? And I know when I don't get the calls back how I feel, I know they feel the same way. They don't care. And I'm telling you for the last 10 years, it's been a New Year's resolution. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my callbacks right away. Maybe you should call back, man. I know, uh, and I'm just terrible. I'll, I can, I'll call you, and we'll, we'll test this out. We'll test this theory out. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna give me my my counselor, right? Yeah, you're yeah. No, no, I'll just I'll just be like, hey, I'm gonna call you this time. I need you to call me back. You yeah, know, yeah, and so uh, and we'll practice on I like me. That. I we'll like practice that. on me, and then you know, when your friends call, then call them back right away. We'll do that. Okay. My big, my greatest weakness, right. honestly, 
is um, I'm too much of a glass is half full guy. Too much. Too much. Too much to, to where it's delusional. See, I kind of see that's it's the just, thing. I'm that way. I, I I kind of read that because I'm kind of like that too. Like I'm almost to, to the point where it's like delusional. Where people around me are like, dude, we we we, we got to do something. And right. like, yeah, like, but my CFO comes in and says, "Mike, we got a real problem here," and I'm I'm saying, "Don't worry about it. It'll be okay." Right. He's like, "No, it's not. We got to do something about this." And I, I'm too much of the guy that just just believes that everything's going to work out. You're, you're a visionary. The right way. You're vi yeah, you're a visionary, yeah. and you 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 think that things are gonna are gonna work out, um, and they usually do work out for you. Maybe that's why you think that. Knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, right? knock on wood. But too uh, much, I think, because they get a little. Uh, yeah. You know, Mike just thinks everything's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Okay, so um, if there's somebody that uh, you'd like to get a hold, like in touch with, and they're watching this interview, or say they're listening to this podcast in their car, how would they get a hold of you? How would they? be able to, to reach out to you to, to get in contact? Um, they can email me. Okay. Right? Okay. Or they can call me here at, at the office. So okay. I give you both. I'll give, I'll give you that contact. Yeah, you, you know, say it now. No, no. Yeah, give it to me. Yeah, give it to so, everyone. So the now. email address is the easiest. I answer. Can you put that on the screen, by the here's way? Here's something the, really interesting. Okay. I don't call my friends back like when, when I feel like I should, but I do return their emails. I don't know why. It's just easier. Everybody prefers their mode of communication. You know my mode of communication? LinkedIn. Really? Yeah. That's your I communication? You message back and forth on LinkedIn? I respond to people more often really? on LinkedIn because I'm on LinkedIn all the time. I post content all the time. So I'm like... So I you're always, comfortable with that. And, and then I'm not good with email, but that's not really good in the business world. <laughs> that's not really good at all in the business world. In fact, if you miss an email, an important email, it, it, you, lose you can lose credibility like that by yeah. missing an email. Yeah, you can. And, and so I'm, I've been working on that too. So, yeah. So I come in, the first thing I do every morning is get through all my emails, all of them. Yeah. Because they're just coming in all night. I don't know how that works, but people aren't up at two o'clock in the morning writing emails, but I'm getting them. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah, exactly. So, I, but like you know, I feel like I, I I'm in a, I'm part of a different generation, so I'm used to like texting, yeah, or texting social media, for, for and so. Young. But yeah. that's not good when my clientele uses emails mainly. You know <laughs> that they're the generation that uses emails, so it's like, you know. Anyways, I'm pretty good at texting. Uh huh. Uh, it isn't my go-to. My go-to is emails still. Right. But uh, okay. So it's Michael dot Costa, C-O-S-T-A, sure. at housingpartners, plural, okay. dot com. Okay, cool. And if you guys want to promote anything too, um, why don't you shine it on them if they, if they want to promote something? Uh, just follow us on LinkedIn if you can. <laughs> okay, where do they follow you? What, what's your guys? Uh, just Hyrid Costa. Okay. Uh, you can follow, if you can't find that, you can look up Michael Costa, which is him, and find us through there. Okay, cool. Awesome. PR agency? Housingpartners.com. Also, we'll get them there to the website where a lot of other materials Okay. www.housingpartners.com, the, web, the website. That's awesome. old-fashioned, though. Yeah, okay. Right? All right, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give it to you. They're becoming obsolete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's ever-changing on LinkedIn. It's a, I mean, he's, you know, we're posting Things, Social media is changing so quickly. You, you got to be on top of it, you yeah. know. But... It's all, all social media is, 
How about is, TikTok? Should we be on TikTok? Yes. <laughs> no, 100%. No, I say that because my 14-year-old daughter is putting stuff on TikTok. I, I was going to ask over. you that because you have a 14-year-old daughter. Oh, totally. Like, Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. This guy is a media guy. You know, so, he's... so you know that like <laughs> there's, this, there's, this, uh, there's this thing on TikTok. So I'm on TikTok, right? There's this thing on TikTok. It's called, uh, what is it? Rich friend check or something like that. Are you feeling with? Yeah. I don't know it that well. I have, yeah. I have a couple yeah, okay. friends that are huge on there. But a- anyways, he has so, two friends that got how many hits they get on their first post? I mean, one of them in a week got verified. He's got like nine hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Holy <laughs> crap! That? And then and then he transfers them all over to the Instagram because they'll post a, a video. Yeah. Of this like car, they posted a video of a car crash on the side of the road. Put some like sci-fi music in the background and said like this is a quick we've never seen something like this craziest thing ever right the video stops and it says follow us on instagram to find out what happened they put their instagram <laughs> as private wow truck in fault so now their instagram has five hundred thousand followers oh my gosh that's, that's freaking awesome <laughs> anyways so what's this, this who, who, who who is the the, the biggest gatekeeper in every every uh corporation the biggest gatekeeper gate, yeah gatekeeper from a from a media standpoint, from a media standpoint, it's my IT guy. Okay, but let's say let's say from just a decision making standpoint, well, like who has the most pull on you? Probably my CFO. I, I would argue that your children have the most pull. on Well, you. they do have a lot of pull. Yeah, <laughs> I would argue that they have that. So but, yeah. a lot of these you know decision makers' children uh-huh. are on this platform. And they start talking at the dinner table. Oh, you're not going to believe this guy. He's like awesome. Like, you know, he's a developer, you know, and, <laughs> you know, that's it literally happens that way. I've actually wow. seen people do videos like I did the biggest deal of my life because somebody's son told told him about me. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah. So he's uh, never told anybody about me. So <laughs> shame, 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 shame. But, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, so like, uh. TikTok is great, you know. I think it's all it is is reputation at scale. It's just reputation at scale. That's, that makes sense. That's the thing that makes most sense when I explain it to, to people that don't sure. get it. So you know, it's just reputation at scale. You build your reputation at scale. So that's why I say, like, if you have a strong reputation, that's always going to beat out cold calls, right? So one one year of really great branding beats 10 years of cold calls that's what you mean by that that's, yeah that makes sense yeah so totally makes sense yeah so i think uh totally definitely listen sense. definitely listen to michael yeah. and right now the organic reach on these platforms linkedin and tiktok i mean you can i did a so not to toot my own horn here but i did a a post on elon musk on linkedin uh-huh. and my post in six days got more views than cnn's post really yeah Wow. Yeah. So that's why you got to be on these platforms. How did you find us? How did you, you, you cold call one of us? I have, or send well, me yeah. Email? You probably sent me an email, didn't you? It was Ansar that reached out to one of you guys. Who, Ansar, who did Ansar reach out to? Yeah, because I remember sending you saying, hey, you might want to check this out for us and see if this is something we should do. Oh wow! Oh, so I was vetted. Okay, this yeah. happened like multiple Those many are the vetters right there. They're the vetted. They're the vetted. These guys. I sent them an email from what? Because I think I got an email directly from you. They texted me. I sent them an email and said, "What do you think?" Yeah, right. Yeah. And they know what I mean by that. And they go and check it all out. And he he comes back immediately and says, "Hey, it looks pretty legit. It's got a great program. Good good podcasting." He comes back and says, 
this is what we're trying to do, Dad. We're trying to get you out there more. We're yeah, trying to get yeah, more videos more, and more yeah, coverage. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> listen, you got to do this. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So, that's Yeah, I, I got to get you in touch. I, there's two people I want to get you in touch with, for sure. Goodwill. That would be valuable to you, the Goodwill yeah, CEO. Yeah, especially with, the, uh, with the, uh, the homeless thing going on. So, it's crazy. Do uh, you guys know who Patrick Ben David is? No? Okay. Some of these guys that I would have never gone in touch with, I get in touch with, and then I start making connections, and then I provide value that way as well. That's so cool. you just provide. That's cool. Yeah. So now, like I have, I have uh, uh, interview with the Goodwill CEO on March fifth. Uh huh. Um, and so I have all these amazing speakers. Like if I just call, so there's a combination of like cold outreach and then also branding. So the branding is this, like this relationship building, right? And then the, the outreach. So I'm sorry, she she just does that. We're kind of going cool. crazy. We have we have, jeez, uh, eighteen podcasts this week. Wow. Yeah. Holy this, boy. Yeah, eighteen this week. Scheduling snafu. Yeah. The other day, then you had so many ones. You're kidding. Yeah, we have eighteen this week. Wow. We're taking it to a different level. Yeah, so. I guess. Yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. So. Um, Is that Goodwill in Orange County? That's seeing yeah. Yeah. It, right in the Tierney Center. Yeah, she used to be the Nicole? CEO of. Second Harvest Food Bank. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. But they're kind of getting behind the fact that the uh, there was a huge fire and working wardrobes burnt down right. in Orange County. Uh-huh. So a lot of other nonprofits are trying to lift them and get clothing donated So they because their whole thing is getting people back on their feet, looking right. good, feeling good about interviews yeah. for jobs and so forth. So yeah, they have a tragic fire the other day. They have so many veterans that come in for classes and trainings. Have you taken a tour of the Goodwill? No, I haven't. It's amazing. I have not. But like maybe the veterans can get the housing. You know, maybe they can, you know, Help refer. Them with a, a Goodwill partner or affiliate in Los Angeles County mm-hmm. that might be closer to the developments we're working on up there. Yeah, okay. But it's certainly well worth looking into. We work with Habitat for Humanity, yeah. right, quite a bit. Okay. They're closer to our industry, obviously, because yeah. we're doing homes and things like that. We've done a lot with them. We're working with, uh, you know, we're, this venture into homeless housing is a brand new, you know, right. thing for us. And there's a lot more to it than just apartments. A right. lot more to it. And right. you have to have counseling and special counseling rooms and... And, wow. uh, you know, the, the people that we bring in as our partners, our nonprofit partners that are operational people on site, all have to be trained in, in a lot of counseling right. and background right. stuff. Right. And so we're, we're, we're learning a lot as we're getting into it. We won't open it up until, I think it's October of this year uh-huh. is when the, when the building will open up. But we have okay. all these partners that we got in there, and they're, they're teaching us, right? So we're learning. It's pretty cool. This was our give back. That was our give back, really. We said to the industry, we're in this affordable housing industry, and uh, the biggest problem we have here in L.A. is homelessness. So we need to do our part. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to make a dime off of this, honestly, because it's not that kind of a program. Right. It's about getting it out there for these people. Giving back, yeah. And making sure that... Do you uh, do student housing, too? No. No student housing? Nope. Do you refer that out? We don't do any student housing at all. Zero. Okay. Do you ever come across opportunities? Know? Yeah. Yeah, I do. You do. Well, I'm a big supporter of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. I went to school there, uh-huh. and they reached out to us to build their student housing, and we started talking to them about it, and we realized, you know, 
one of the things that we try to do is stay between the lanes, right, of right. what we know and do best. Just stay in that lane. So, so maybe we, I, can, I can introduce you to uh, another company that I did. Does student in. housing? Uh, he does student housing. They have 450 employees. Um, I don't know if that would be They must great. manage their own stuff too then. Probably. Do they manage it? Uh, yeah. That's probably. how you... If we managed our stuff, we'd be a 2,500-person company. Right. That's how intense management is, yeah. right? Just to manage them every day. Yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah. we're not. We're only 60 people. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's probably a better play, actually. <laughs> I, I, I was part of a company out of college when I did that. I had both. And I realized that the, the amount, you only have so much brain time. Right. right? You just that's, you get so much. And if I'm using it, half of my brain, on trying to police apartment units, that's what it is, just a glorified policeman, you know, trying to keep these things operating right and all that. It's not creating value. It's, it's maintaining value. But it's not creating value. So I, I wanted to make sure that we could hire good enough people out there that, that that's what they do. They make their fee for doing it, right. and they're good at it. Right. right? They do it every day. Right. And then we can keep everybody's head here focused on the creation side. Okay. And it worked. Awesome. Thank God. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks for anyway. this interview. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it was good. Good to know you.